Hello, and welcome to Art of Hustle, a show that exposes the hustle to the masses. Remember, dreams are free, but the hustle is sold separately. I'm your host, Shandini Jackson. On today's episode, I'm happy to have writer, director, producer, and just all-around talent, Nicholas Ray. Ray has been in the game for years and knows quite a bit about filming process to the who's who's in the industry. So if you're interested in film and listening, I want you to sit back and just soak up some of this knowledge. So Nick, let's talk hustle. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, my background, um, when I started off, I wanted to be an actor. And I, a friend of mine had me work on uh, a film set when I was really, really young. And I was actually uh, doing camera work, and I fell in love with behind the scene. And I just liked the fact that working behind the scene, it moved me more than being in front of the camera. And I just had a, a natural thing for directing, and I did a lot of plays when I was younger, and it just gave me that insight into that's what I wanted to do. Or that's I like working with people. I like working with people and, and helping people reach that, you know, that moment where they're, where they're acting or writing, or whether it's writing something or working with an actor. You know, I just really love that process. And when did you know you had a love for film? experience was with uh, the movie um, Godfather Uh, when I saw that movie it blew me away just the writing the characters it just stayed with me I left the theater but it didn't leave me it didn't leave my heart it didn't leave my mind I mean I, I, I imagine myself rewriting some of the scenes in Godfather at a very early age I was really young when I saw it and and then after that, it was Rocky and Rocky. You know, it's just like when you leave the theater and the film is over. Well, that never happened for me. Those films stayed with me for years after. And I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. So you graduated from UCLA. Um, do you feel that analog style of teaching or things that were taught in the past are useful now? Or how can they be useful It, it only can be useful in the fact that it was difficult, whereas things are more easier now. So if you look at it like it being difficult, just imagine a basketball player and he's training and he's training his butt off, you know, and he's getting good at just training really hard. And then you got modern technology where it's not the same type of training. So if you look at film now, it's a lot easier and it's more open to a lot more people without having to do the training that we did back in those days. Cause it was insane. It was like some classes you, for the whole semester, you would live in a editing room and now you can just press a button on a computer and you know, and you're done. <laughs> no so, joke. You know. <laughs> no joke. I remember being at UCLA <laughs> with you in the editing room with you guys for like three days and y'all were worn out. <laughs> I didn't have any passion for it. I was like, why are we doing this? But I did it and I got a 
a great grade on it, but I, it broke me. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, it was just like all that time, all my weekends was was spent on just doing one, you know, twenty minute film. Whereas today, like I said earlier, you can just press some buttons. It's not that easy, but you know what I'm talking about. You don't have to be in a room. You can be in the privacy of your own home. Right. So it's a lot different. But I, more power to the people of today. You know, I'm a little <laughs> envious, but at the same time, but I think that way of training gave us um, endurance. You know, where you stick with something and you make it happen. Today, you guys just push buttons. It's like, I don't like it, push a button. So. Right, right. Well, now let's talk about, um, you know, the difference between, like, now you've been around when you had the Super 8 cameras to the DSLRs. Right. Um, you know, right. from major corporations backing production to independent streaming, like how do you feel about the way film is and the world is now about film? Wow, that's a great question. Um, again, when you were, when we were working with Super Eight, you had to wait for the developer. You had to have a certain camera for it. You had to wait to get it edited, and 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 it's just so different now. Um, Again, only thing I can say is it was good training as far as, you know, teaching you how to endure. But the way they're doing it now, I just more power to the to the process. It's it's a lot easier and you can get a lot more done, you know. Right. Right. So, okay, so let's talk about your first baby Sanitation Saints, which um, that was in the early 90s, correct? That was, yes, that was maybe 90, 91, yes. And now this was back when black films were coming up, like Menace to Society with the Hughes Brothers and Jason's Lyrics, Poetic Justice, Love Jones. Um, Tell me a little bit about Sanitation Saints and what happened. Well, Sanitation Saints was a a film that uh, I started it actually in class, and my professor said, it was actually a treatment, and he said, "This is a really good story. You should you should go at it and uh, turn it into a screenplay." It was a writing class, and I did that, and I worked on it for maybe four, almost five years, and it was a wonderful. I thought it was a wonderful screenplay, and one day uh, a friend of mine called me up and said, "You won't believe it." He said, "Did you sell your film?" And I said, "What are you talking about?" And he said, you got to see the new movie with Denzel Washington. And we were going to give that film. We actually wrote, I wrote that film with Denzel Washington in mind. Wow. Same character, same character. The names were a little different, but his name was also John, John Q. And it was Lucas Johnson. And it was the same storyline involved an insurance company. It involved this kid. And uh, I just... I mean, for like a year, I was so depressed because it was almost like I thought somebody stole it. But that didn't happen. Uh, minds think alike, you know. It's just that if you wait too long, somebody will come up with this, with with the, with the thing that you're working on. That's why I tell young writers now: if you're writing something, get it out. Don't wait. Get it out. If you got mm-hmm. something you think it's good, don't don't sit on it. Get yeah. it out. Get talk to the right people. Let people know which, where you're coming from. Because if you sit back and you wait and wait, you might find yourself in my predicament where you get your heart broken. And all those years of writing that screenplay was basically i'm not going to say it was for nothing but i i got a broken heart and it was the same storyline it was 
it was like I, like I said, it was like somebody stole it from me, but that didn't happen. They really just came up with the same story. But it was heartbreaking. Wow. It took a lot for me to pick up a pen and, and, and write again. And you and you and that that was you working with um, also you you work with some real big names. Well, like I wouldn't say na- big names, but big players in the industry like um, what Linda Alexander of Viacom. Right. And for those who don't know who Linda Alexander is, Linda Alexander ran uh, MTV. She brought MTV out here from New York. Um, Nick at Night, Nickelodeon, uh, I don't know. There's so many things she's been involved in, but she was head of the communications department out there and for MTV Latino. And then David Gale as well, correct? Correct. Yes. And um, so how was working How was working with them and how was that process? Like just being able to be around the who's who, was that in- inspiring or... Oh, that definitely. I, I could I could basically when I was around Linda, I could basically say I wanted to talk to this celebrity, this movie star, and she would make it happen. Like pick up a phone and it would be happening. We'd be in a meeting. So wow. that was a wonderful thing about being with her. And I did a lot of ghostwriting with her where I would work on projects and I stayed in the background on it because if maybe the the screenplay had problems, but it wasn't the whole story. It just had structural problems and I would fix it. And I would help a lot of films, you know, a lot of people who were doing films and they just had problems with their material. But yeah, being around, you know, uh, Linda, I have a, a, a buddy of mine that went, I went to school, Billy Ray. He became a famous director. He's a, a we we um, we actually have the same last name. <laughs> and he did. He's done some some huge work with some big stars. And, you know, we still stay in contact. And, um, but yeah, it, it's just, you know, when you're around people in the business, it's, it, that's what I would tell young people, you know, get, get connected with someone, uh, um, write someone and say, you want them to be your, 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 your mentor, you know, try to surround yourself with people in the business because people are really open-minded to help people when they're coming up, believe it or not. So if you write a director or if you write someone, a, a producer and say, Hey, I'll work on the movie for free, but just get that connection. It's so important. Right, right, which is that, and that's words to live by, seriously, because I know, like, it is, it is, it, I feel like it's, it's so oversaturated now, because it's so much easier to get work done, I mean, um, that there's so many people, you know, coming out and doing, you know, scripts here, ideas here, pitching here, which, you know, brings me to my next question. What do you feel about, like, Netflix and Hulu? Do you remember? I remember a story that um, that you told me. Weren't you? You were at somewhere, and you were sitting by some guy, and they were telling you about, he said, Hulu or something like that. Oh, that was, that was it. I was in Encino. I was sitting at a bar, and we were, I was talking to a guy, and he was like, um, hey, um, we, we, I, I don't know. I, I guess I was going to school at the time. I was mm-hmm. in UCLA at the time, uh-huh. and he was saying, "Okay, I give you a con, I give you a concept, and tell me, finish the story." And he just made up this thing. You know, girl walks into the bar, gets in. Anyway, we wind, I wind up doing that with him, and he was like, "Oh man, you're really good." So we started talking, and he said, um, "Man, we would love you to come over to our company, but we just starting off." 
And I said, what kind of company it is? And back then, I was having meetings at Paramount, you know, um, Harvey Weinstein. It was just other things going on. So I was basically saying, okay, that's a that's not going to happen because he was telling me about uh, they were trying to do streaming. I'm like, no, people are going to want to be in the theaters and they're going to want to, you know, eat popcorn. No one's going to be at home watching this <laughs> on their television and on their, you know, that's what I thought. And and lo and behold, it was Hulu. <laughs> and maybe that was maybe I can say that was a miss in my life because he invited me to become a part of. He said they were just starting off, and it was Hulu. Wow. Yeah, it's funny, funny story. That's like that's what, again when you're speaking to someone, uh, don't don't think that just because they're small that they can't grow or become something. Even if you're working with the big boys, you know, talk to the guy who said I'm just starting off. I got a story, I got a screenplay, or I got camera equipment. Hook yourself up with those people too, because that that same person, two, three years down the road, can be the person you're gonna walk into the office to get a film made. So yeah, that was a that was a hell of a learning experience for me. Yeah, that's the truth. Sushi bars are the way to go. I'm telling you in the valley for writers. <laughs> that is the way to go. Sushi bars, bar, bar, sushi bar. <laughs> you in a proximity of alcohol it's always good for the business <laughs> that's like i was sitting at the sushi bar and quentin tarantino was sitting there and i had no clue he was just sitting there writing and like i was like what yeah. but yeah sushi bars are the way to go yeah. so okay so now now so you have sanitation scenes so now um you've been traveling you've been doing a lot of traveling now tell me how that has been affecting your life has that been affecting your writing or anything like that um, right now during COVID and all well, that. Well, that's a, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm just, well, in the last couple of years I've been working, I've been, you know, I've never written a book before, a novel. So I decided I'm going to write one. So I wind up writing actually two at the same time. And when I'm traveling, I'm away from the Hollywood. I'm going of the hustle and bustle of LA and, and that type of thing. And I just, I'm loving the process now. It's it's on my terms. I don't have to show anyone. I can put it in. I can put it in in, in my desk drawer for six months and not even look at it. I'm under no pressure to perform. So in that way, I love this. It's my first time. I don't know how good they're gonna. It's gonna turn out. You know, I could say that I think it's incredible, but that's me. Uh, I'm just speaking in terms of how I love my own story. But I that process of traveling has opened my mind up to just be in the moment, relax, and not be under pressure. Right. And that's amazing. And have you, now have you been, um, you know, inspired by maybe writing some books? Because before, weren't you going to write a book or something like that? Or Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I, it's, I have two nonfiction. Oh, so you have it. I'm almost, I'm sorry, two fictions. I'm sorry. Nonfiction. Two fictions. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's how, you know, that's that's like me, all the hype, the, the the black, I don't know, I like the science fiction now that's going on too. Have you been, have you been watching any of the movies that have been, or these, a series that have been out right now? Yes, I have, but I'm, I'm the type of person, I'm in, I fall in love with, with material that, that has a, a, a easy thing, you know, like love, mm-hmm. um, one of my stories is a father and daughter story. Um, I'm in, I mean, I like stories that we can re- that I can relate to, you know, that I can like 
when I'm when I'm when I'm watching a movie, it has to be a simple theme, mm-hmm. a simple message. Right. I mean, if you think about, like, say for instance, Rocky. Here was a most people think Rocky was a boxing movie, but it was far from it. It was just about a movie about a guy who wanted to go the distance and the love he had for his his woman. Mm-hmm. And when you make it that simple, I mean, because if you watch the movie. I think he only got in the ring twice in the movie, but it was that love story that gave it power, and it was just that he didn't want to be a bum. He wanted to just go the distance. It didn't matter whether he won the fight or lost the fight. He just wanted the respect of his of his peers that he got in with the champion, and that's what made that story still alive to this day. I don't think nobody's ever duplicated it. And that's why people, even your generation and your children's generation, will watch that movie Rocky and get the same feeling that, you know, we got when I watched it. And what, it, it, It's just a great love story. And what's another film that really touches you or, you know, gets to you? Um, another film that I could say that did that, okay, I can even jump into some science fiction. Um... Another film, uh, what's that one with Chris Rock? Not Chris Rock, Chris Tucker. Uh, the Alien. Oh, like Fifth that, Element. It's, 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 Fifth Element. Yeah. That is good. That was, great, that was a great, I'm sorry that I couldn't uh, uh, remember the name, but um, The Fifth Element, that's that's a, another story that, that the theme of that movie, you know, that, oh, my God, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. See, when you can affect people like that with your writing or with your, you know, with your story, with your film, like even to this day, I've seen this thing years ago. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Just think of what that movie did for me when I saw it, how it moved me, how it got into my soul. Right. You know, like a lot of the films today don't do that. Exactly. And that's you for every. They're good. Huh? I'm sorry. There's a delay. Go ahead. They're good and they're good, but after you leave the theater, it's gone. Yeah. It doesn't stay with you. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I've seen a film where I can say it's life changing. That movie changed me. Right. Rocky changed me. Uh, um, the Godfather changed me. Mm-hmm. You know, Francis Ford Coppola, a great writer, a great director. He spent so much time on characterization. He spent so much time on, on knowing the theme of that movie, The Godfather. I mean, unbelievable. Again, they don't make movies like that anymore. I can't even think of a movie lately that I've seen that I can say changed my life or, or moved me in a way that I, I was emotionally moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that and then for those who don't know, like that I, I agree with you because that was the movie. I love that movie. Especially when the when the woman in the opera singer she was she was singing and it started going <laughs> That that's the movie that's Fifth Element that was in nineteen ninety seven. For those who don't know, that was Bruce Willis and that was Mila uh Jovovich, Gary Oldman, Chris Tucker. It was a really great movie. Oh my god. It was a really great movie. And that and speaking of speaking of Gary Oldman he did a movie, and I'm, I don't know why is this like, he did a movie that uh, he, he was a cop. He was a bad cop. Mm-hmm. You know the name of it. Oh, um, the, 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 prof- the Professional. The Professional. The Professional yeah. was awesome. Yeah. That's, That's right. Movie, that movie. Because it was a love story between that little girl and that 
that contract killer. Right, right. She made, she made, she made, she gave his life meaning, and and with her, he was able to enjoy himself. You know, see those themes like that were just remarkable, a remarkable story. I mean, just remarkable. Right, and that was um, Leon the Professional in 1994 with, um, who was it? Uh, Gene Reno, Gary Oldman, and Natalie Portman. I think that was her breakout role, right? Or was was something like that? I think so, yeah. She was was wonderful in it. You know, the reason why it's hard, it's sometimes difficult for me to remember because I have so many movies in my head, you know, so many over Mm -hmm. the years that, that I... You know, but again, those movie, those movies were just remarkable. Until this day, I can still watch those movies that I mentioned and still get the same effect. Yeah, it's I like was I'm watching it for the first time. Right, I was upset that they didn't have a sequel to that. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would think, and, and 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 you brought up Quentin Tarantino. I know you told me how you met him. Right. But also, when I was in, I was taking a writing class. And somebody, this is before uh, uh, he became, he was famous. And uh, somebody brought his, his, his screenplay in the class. And I remember reading it. It was uh, True Romance. Oh, I love that and, movie. You know, no, one knew, no one knew who Quentin Tarantino was. So the teacher actually had like five copies of the screenplay. <laughs> I tell you, I, I took a copy without permission. I borrowed it. I brought it back. But let me tell you something. I stayed up all night from page one. I knew that this guy was saying something that was different than anybody out there. And I didn't know he was going to blow up and become a famous director, but I knew his writing spoke to me. Mm -hmm. His characterization spoke to me. And we don't see films like that anymore. And and if anybody in your class, if they ever want to see something that Quentin Tarantino did, uh, I don't think he directed it. He just wrote it, and he and, and I think he was really desperate when he sold it. He sold it for a, a small amount of money, but he I think he really needed the money. But True Romance, yeah, that was a good movie. Was a remarkable film. That was a really remarkable good. film. Yeah, that was a good movie, and um, True Romance. That's Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette, and that was during 1993. That was a really good movie. Now, correct. correct. Okay. So now with that being said, we're just going over <laughs> like you're bringing it back with the movies. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also telling my age, too. But yeah, that's OK. I'm telling mine, you know, they um now the movies that are out right now. I just said uh, real quick, because that, that was one of my questions for you, since I know you are like the movie buffet. But did the uh, one of the nominees for the Oscar this year for Nomadland with Francis McDormand? And uh, directed by Chloe Zhao. Did you see that movie? I did not see that movie. You got to see that movie. On, that's one of, I made notes to see that movie. I did not see it, though. That is so, it's such a raw yeah, movie. I it is good. Well, I love her as an actress. She, she, gets dirt, she gets dirty. She doesn't care how she looks. You know, she doesn't care if she comes across the screen unattractive. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's the real... Those actresses turn me on. You know, or actors, I should say. They tell me when they, when, and it's not about how good they look. Right. It's about the material, how well they transform it on the screen. Right. You know, I, she's a bad, she's a bad, bad, you know what. Right. She, she is. is. And that, Fargo, that's, that's the first time I saw her. I think that was her first one. 
Fargo. Oh I was... my god, Fargo. Yes, okay, that's another good one. <laughs> and we yeah. can go on and on so is that what you look for in characters like as far as when you're writing and you're writing your script and like how are you coming up with your with your characters like the ideas of them like how since we're speaking on all these great characters well, in movies well when I first started writing and this is a, a, a mistakes a lot of beginning writers do what they'll do, they'll, they'll, have a, they'll have a story in mind, and they'll make that protagonist, the lead character, sort of like them. And that's, that's a really bad trap to fall into, because you like yourself. Usually people like themselves, <laughs> and you like the glory of yourself. But, but characters that have flaws, characters that screw up and make mistakes, those are the ones we fall in love with. We don't want the perfect guy or the perfect girl. We want the guy with the drug problem or the guy with the, you know, maybe he doesn't have a good relationship with his mother or whatever it is. Or maybe he has a thing where when he walks to the stores, he has to steal. Mm-hmm. You know, we want real characters with flaws. If you look at some of the great characters of our time, they had flaws. Look mm-hmm. how much we like the Godfather. Well, the Al Pacino, the lead character, he had a flaw. He had a temper. Mm-hmm. He killed his brother. You know, he was seduced by that life. You know, so if, 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 if you have a perfect character, it's boring. No one wants to see a perfect character. We want to see people that we can relate to. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the human world, we all are screwed up. And we have so many flaws and so many secrets that we keep from the real, from, from, from showing it. When I meet someone on the street, they'll say to me, how, how, how's your day? And I'll lie and say, great. No, it's not. <laughs> I screwed up day to day, but I'm not gonna. But I'm not gonna let you know that, and vice versa. When I ask someone, "How's your day?" They're gonna lie to me too. Very few people will say, "I have, I'm having a f-ed up day." Oh wait, wait, watch it. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. The kids show. See, the family show. See, I'm a character with a flaw. <laughs> I'm a character with a flaw. Just my, my flaws that I use profanity, but that's real because whoever's listening to this. They do the same thing. You understand? <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's just the truth. This is why, uh, um, this is why I'm telling you, um, when you write characters, keep them away from the way you are. Don't try to make it a personal thing about you. Mm-hmm. Find the flaw in that character. Find the mistakes in that character and the things they're struggling with. Right. And write with that in mind, and you'll have, you'll have a great character, or characters. Wow. And that is like the greatest advice he's given so far. And I, I even hate that we're, we're almost out of time. And I hate, I, we've got to continue. Are you going to come back for another show? You have to. Just to give some, some, you know, cliff notes on writing. It's just a lot of information and knowledge that you have that I think should be out there, especially for people coming up trying to, you know, I mean, you went through a time that, I mean, that doesn't even really, it's not the same anymore. Like, you went through the real movie, film experience, the award shows, everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, I have. And, and, and my best advice I can give any young person coming up, believe in yourself. And, and you know, when, 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 when you don't talk yourself out of something, mm-hmm. don't have fear, because fear will make you lose in life. Yeah. If you're, you're afraid to knock on that door or walk up to that person or make that phone call, it will make you lose in life. 
You, you should not have no fear. But with that said, you can't be the type of person that your work is weak and you really don't put a lot of time in it and you expect the world to love it. You have to balance it. Hard work, or at least work to your potential and not be afraid to knock on that door or, or, or thinking, or not to be embarrassed and say, oh, they're not going to like that. That's your own mind telling you that. Right. Don't let yourself talk you out of something. Right. I've done it many times. I'm an expert. I'm an expert at it. Well, Don't you, ever do you, that. You got to tell us that. You got to continue that on the next show. Are you going to come back? As long as you're paying me, I certainly will. I'm not. First of all, disclaimer, I'm not paying him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Well, Nicholas, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Um, good luck with everything. And... I'm glad you'll be back. And also, again, um, just so much information. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. And, I, and I'm Shandini Jackson for Art of Hustle. Remember, dreams are free, but the hustle is sold separately. Thank you for listening. For more info, go to kpcradio.com.